Unturned is presented by Update AI. We made an early investment in customer success, which is also why, you know, a lot of the other post-sales functions sort of span out of, of the department over time. Because succeeding in, in doing customer engagement well obviously requires tremendous technology, but it also requires, you know, help and guidance. And I think one of the things that, that we've succeeded in doing over the years is really helping our customers sort of shape what their internal teams look like, how they how they actually work together as, as well as, as how they use the technology. Welcome to Unturned, a show about the leaders and innovators of companies who have forged incredible customer relationships and stories you can use to advance your own career. Here's your host, Josh Schechter. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Unchurned. I'm Josh Schachter, founder and CEO of Update AI and host of Unchurned. And joining me today, I'm especially excited to be speaking to James Matterson. James is the Senior Vice President of Global Customer Success at Braze. Braze is helping to power customer-centric interactions between consumers and brands in real time, uh, one of the leading marketing platforms out there in SaaS. And James is going to tell us a little bit more about Braze. James, thank you so much for being on this episode. Thanks, Josh. Great to be here. Great to have you. What are the key use cases of Braze for for the minor few that may not know about Braze already? Sure. So, you know, as I say, we, we do help our, our customers understand how their customers are interacting with their digital products, their websites, their apps, and so on. And then we help them communicate with them using messaging both inside those communicate inside those owned properties, but also using things like email, SMS, push messaging, et cetera. And we help them automate all of that in a very personal, very real-time fashion. Great. So we're talking about triggers, behavioral triggers, monitoring, and then being able to to push out corresponding messages across omnichannel platforms. Is that basically exactly exactly right. Exactly right. And 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 importantly understand whether those are working or not, experiment, test, iterate. Now, Braze is a public company. I didn't know that until you and I were prepping for this call. You've got uh, 1,500 employees thereabouts, about 180 in the customer success department, if I'm getting that correct. And it wasn't always the case. You've been at Braze for just over six and a half years. Um, And so we'll talk about some of that history. We'll go more into into Braze, into the setup of CS at Braze. First, I want to get into the segment that I love to, to warm up the relationship a little bit. Go unchurned, go raw, authentic for a second. I have two <laughs> questions for you. The first is, James, where were you born and where do you live now? Sure. I was, uh, I was born in, uh, in, in Hammersmith in London, for those who are familiar with London. And I grew up around there and around southeast London. I now live on the coast in Brighton, about 40 miles outside of London. Beautiful. And who is someone in your career? Because you've got a lot of people that look mm-hmm. up to you. You've got a big domain at Braze. Uh, who is someone that you've looked up to, whether or not you've known them? Yeah, it's a great question. And um, the list is long um, of people I, I, I admire and look up to, both both people I've worked with, people who I work with today and, and in the past, and, and as you say, others. I think someone who was really transformational for me is one of my first ever bosses when I worked uh, for a charity that, that helped fundraise for the National Health Service over here in the UK, doing doing similar sort of CRM customer engagement stuff. Her name was Jude, and I, I really think she helped me understand, you know, what I wanted from my career, but also, you know, where my skills lay and where they didn't, and to become sort of a little bit more comfortable than I previously had been 
with the areas where my skills don't lie. <laughs> well, then let me just say, hey, Jude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I couldn't resist. I won't. I won't go. I won't go starting. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's that's wonderful, James. Y- you've been with Braze for for six years and eight months at the time mm. of of our recording this episode in, in early Q1 2023. Um, and and you've gone in that time from from being a lead to general manager to v- GM and VP of, of customer success to global VP. And now you're senior vice president uh, of global customer success. And so I want to talk a little bit about that evolution. Tell us a little bit about what Braze looked like and what the setup of customer success looked like when you first joined back in 2016, I believe. Oh, yeah, it's uh it feels like both a tremendously short and a tremendously long time ago. At Braze, you know, back back then, the company in total was, I'm not quite sure exactly how many, but pro- probably around 150, somewhere between 150 and 200 people. Customer success was a pretty undifferentiated post-sales role at the time, covering technical support, customer success, documentation, sorts of other bits and bobs. There was probably about 15 to 20 people in the team, mostly based in the US, and and there were uh, there were two people outside the US when, when I joined as, as the third, um, non US based, uh, post sales member of, of, of the Braze team. Uh, I should also add that back then we were called App Boy, which I think we're all very glad is no longer the case. <laughs> Agreed. Okay, cool. So, uh, and then uh, where, tell us about like where you are today. What is, what does that same setup look like? Mm. Yeah, that's right. So, so as you, as you mentioned, we're, we're north of, of 1500 people, um, globally now that the CS team is, is, a, is about 180 people. We have over that time become a much more sort of specialized, um, post sales team in, in general. What, what happened over that time is as we started to gain expertise, gain scale, we started to sort of specialize our roles a little bit so we spun up a, an onboarding team to, to work specifically with our, our our newer customers help them get integrated up up and running um and spun that out of cs and we did similar things with other other post sales functions what what that means is that today we're able to wholly focus on ensuring that our customers um get a good return on their on their investment in braise obviously their their financial investment but also their investment time so we're really there to help understand their business case, understand what it is they need to achieve, work as as, as really a, a sort of add-on to their business, help them understand their place in the market and really how to develop their strategies, develop use cases, execute them in Braze and, and get a good return on, on that investment. At first, it was one one cluster of a of a of a post sales group, right? And now, like you said, you've started to segment out, of course, your customer base, but also the uh, specialized the the team as well. And I'm sure there's other CS leaders that are listening right now that want to under like they're going to go through that. They either going through that now or in the future they hope to go through that, right? Mm-hmm. That growth and the, and the need to start to branch out. Mm-hmm. So what 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 did that look like? What were some of the initial signals, if you can recall, that said, oh, you know what, we we need to start to to branch out. I think one of the things that we spotted was um, the sort of the increasing pain of context switching. So in, in a fairly undifferentiated role, you know, there are times of, and this will always be the case when you're, when you're working with a book of business as, as we do in, in customer success. But, you know, there are times when some of your customers are going to have high peaks of demand on your time and, and, and need your support and times when they'll have sort of lower um, expectations and needs. Um, if you're working 
very sort of, um, you know, cross-functionally as a single person doing lots of post-sales things, what, what you'll find is that those peaks and troughs become pretty unmanageable um, and context switching between the customer who's getting up and running needs a tremendous amount of uh, your time so that they can understand what they need to do, troubleshoot, get integrated, etc. Um, is going to unfortunately detract from the experience of somebody who's more established, but, you know, has equally important needs and, and things they need to do. So that first sort of context switching pain, and I think we felt it in the team, I'm glad to say, before our customers felt it, or at least before they told us about it in a, in a, in a, in a meaningful way. But yeah, certainly that was that was a real flag. And then I think what we found as well is, you know, as, as the team got a little bit bigger, we were able to better understand the range of sort of natural aptitudes and skills that folks had um, within the group and, and start to move towards giving people the opportunity to make the most of those of those sort of natural aptitudes, whether you may be a little bit more technical or better, stronger on the sort of stakeholder management side or perhaps stronger on the marketing strategy side and start to kind of, you know, place time and effort in a way that was a bit more aligned to those to those skills. Did someone say ChatGPT for customer success for free? Update.ai has you covered. CSMs get automated summaries of every customer call. That's real time savings that adds up. There's no bot, and Update even works alongside other tools like Gong. Sign up today at www.update.ai. That's update.ai. So you mentioned onboarding specialists. What's the, the composition mm. right now of the different functions that you have within your overall purview of customer success? Yeah, sure. So so in CS, um, we we are actually all CSMs in CS apart from apart from a, an operations team and a um, and a small consulting group. What we do is we structure ourselves around the size of our customers, starting from our, our smaller sort of small to medium business customers, um, where CSMs will have a, a book of more customers going right up to our, our sort of global strategic accounts where, you know, actually the ratio is going to flip and one customer will have several CSMs working for them around the world. In terms of the other functions, we actually put those into a group. We, we refer to that as services. Um, I know that's organized differently in lots of places. Um, and that consists of our onboarding team, our technical support team, um, and, and a couple of other specializations we have there on the, on the sort of more, you know, technical account management side of the house. Any, any key tips in, in terms of keeping those different functions aligned and all operating on the same page? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's really important to establish sort of roles and responsibilities and make it clear who's accountable to who and that includes who's accountable to the customer and and who owns that that accountability to the customer i also think it's really important to think about incentivization um and consider how you're incentivizing those different groups in terms of their the makeup of their of their you know pbc or comp or or however you organize that as as a business to ensure that whilst people are focused on the thing that's most important to their role they also have that broader view um, and are incentivized to to work collaboratively. I also think, you know, thirdly, kind of culture is incredibly important in ensuring that that people are pulling together in the same direction. Would you be able to elaborate on what you just mentioned around the, the different incentive plans that you have there? Yeah, I can do a little bit. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think, you know, there are some components um, of, of incentive plans that are, you know, quite particular to certain roles. So, for example, in in onboarding, something like time to value, you know, what how, how short can we get the time between when the customer commences with us and when we get them up and running in whatever that meaningful milestone might be for your business. Um, at the same time, you know, broadly 
it's important to also incentivize on things like um, retention. So gross net retention, whatever's right for your business, which helps to balance having the sort of short view and the long view. You know, we, we employ some mechanisms like company score to translate that thing across groups. Um, but I think that mix is important. We also think it's quite important in, in some, but not all roles to, to have a, have an OKR component there, um, to account for, you know, not the day job kind of project work that, that folks might be getting deeper into. You mean the stuff on the side that's, that they're exploring to enrich their own career development? Exactly right. But also to, to push, push us forward as a group. Um, you know, there's, we're, we're lucky in, in such a large group. We've got a, a, a tremendous amount of knowledgeable individuals and obviously want to make sure we're sort of capturing, capturing all their great, great ideas and, and moving on the ones that, that are right to move on. So how do you do that? Um, so we, we kind of create a structure where we, we have company OKRs and department OKRs, those roll down to teams. And then at that point, it's a manager's discretion how they decide individuals within their group are going to, are going to contribute to those. Um, we then, do our level best and it's hard to capture that good work through things like showcases, making sure our ops team are keeping an eye on things. We also, you know, as people build sort of content collateral, things like that, we try to keep an eye on analytics. How much is this being used? How much is it being read? Do we then want to scale it to the group? But I, I won't pretend that that's uh, something that I, I believe we do perfectly. <laughs> uh, it sounds I still, like I still reg- regularly come... Yeah, exactly. I still regularly come across things that I've not heard of that the team are doing. And I think, wow, that's great. Why is everybody not doing that? Sometimes it's the loudest voices. Let's talk about your own growth personally in the past Mm. nearly seven years. I know you were managing fairly large teams prior to Braves, but but your domain did go from managing two to around 180. (laughs) And, and I, I suppose you, you kind of stepped down in, in some sense, right, of what your management size was when you went to Braze from what you had previously had. Mm-hmm. So first, what, like, why? <laughs> you must have seen something <laughs> or had some, yeah, had some, yeah. some, some bigger plans in, in moving over to Braze. So that's the first question. Mm-hmm. And the follow up is, yeah, like, what is, what have you learned from going from two to 180 at Braze? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to, to, to take the first question, um, first of all, I was really genuinely impressed with the technology. Um, having worked kind of client side as, as user of technologies, you know, in the same space as Braze, um, you know, going, going back quite a long time to far before anything even remotely as technologically advanced as Braze was available and, and databases came on floppy disks. But yeah, I was tremendously impressed by the technology. Um, I also had some personal relationships with some of the, some of the folks who had, had joined the business and, you know, through, through getting a deeper look at the technology and through starting to meet some of the people who I knew were going to be involved in the leadership or were already involved in the leadership of the business. I thought, um, you know, this is really worth a, worth a, a go. And, and I think I felt I, even if it had not panned out the way it had, um, I think I would have really, you know, always regretted not, not making the choice to try and, um, you know, have a go prior, prior to Braze. I was, most recently at Universal Music, so obviously a very large, very stable business. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I would have regretted not making the move, and I think that was a big part of the calculus. So, so um, SaaS startups are a bit more dynamic. You know, you're going to grow. You're, you know, you're going to learn. You know, it's going to be be there's going to be you're going to bite off more than you can chew at certain points in time. Right. So, what did you process? What have you processed in the last seven years? Yeah, um, I mean. A lot. I think, um, you know, the thing that, that, that I would say has been, has been most important has been, you know, being in this lucky position where there's tremendous talent around me. You know, I've got, I've, I'm really lucky. I've got 
tremendously strong leadership team. There are people in the department who have who have been at Braze as long and, and longer than me, um, and have uh, you know a real wealth of of knowledge and a, and a and are a great sort of you know trusted kind of support network for the for the department. In addition to that, obviously. One of the great things about the, the pace of growth we had is, is that constant inflow of new talent and new ideas. Um, and I think sort of harnessing those things is really important. Sort of generally speaking, I'm, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, that sort of leader as servant approach. Um, we all know what's got to get done. Uh, and it's important that it does. Um, but you know, there's a, there's just a tremendous amount of talent and knowledge around. And, and I think if you can, if you can identify the people and the ideas um, and and help them flourish. That that generally results in at least some level of success. Raises president Miles Klieger is also mm. the CCO, the chief customer officer. And so, I'd, what I'd like to know is, presumably, that means that CS through yourself and through Miles has a seat at the table all the way up to the most senior ranks mm. of the company. And I'd like to understand how that's helped. Mm, that's exactly right. You know, we 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 made um, actually as a business, and, and and certainly I think this has been really helpful in our success. We we made an early investment in customer success, which is also why you know a lot of the other post sales functions sort of span out of of the department over time. Because succeeding in in doing customer engagement well obviously requires tremendous technology, but it also requires you know help and guidance. And I think one of the things that that we've succeeded in doing over the years is really helping our customers sort of shape what their internal teams look like, how they how they actually work together as as well as as how they use the technology. Um and that's something that that the leadership of the company believed really, really early. It was actually called out in our in a lot of our um, you know, the materials that were written about us when we when we went public, that that early investment. And I think, you know, that's paid dividends for us because having somebody or some group of people that care deeply about your customers and spend time with them and really understand what they're trying to achieve, I think is 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 sort of beneficial for the organization at large. Um and and that's definitely something that, you know, I think we have benefited from. James Manderson will keep it there. Thank you so much for being on this episode of Unturned. Thanks very much for having me, Josh. Great pleasure. Hey guys, it's Josh. Don't hang up. If you enjoyed this episode, you know what? Even if you didn't, I'd love for you to give us a rating in iTunes or Spotify. And after you do, email me at josh at update.ai with the name of your favorite charity. And my company, Update AI, will make a donation on your behalf. I'd love to connect with each of our listeners. Send me a LinkedIn request and I'll accept it immediately. Just go to www.update.ai slash LinkedIn and it'll redirect to my profile. Thanks.